you're finding yourself in the book of Luke, chapter number 11. We're going to be looking at verse 3 tonight. Luke chapter 11, verse number 3. As you're finding that, I do not want to be uh, political, uh, but and I did not watch all of the uh, speech from our uh, president uh, last night, but... Um, the one thing, the, the bits that I've heard, I was quite encouraged. And uh, I was really encouraged when he said, our motto is, in God we trust. Boy, isn't that refreshing? Isn't that refreshing to hear our president say it's okay to say God. And, and uh, oh, uh, well, we could go on and on with that one, but uh, that's good. Uh, that's good. Luke chapter number 11, we're looking at verse number 3. Now, we've already talked about that uh, we looked in verses 1 and 2. And you'll notice when Jesus was asked uh, the, uh, and said, Lord, uh, teach us to pray. Uh, notice how he starts the prayer out. He's talking about the Lord. He's talking about His glory He's talking about heaven. He's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about his will. And so we see here that the first part of this prayer uh, is focused upon God, upon the Lord. Amen. Now, as we come into verse number three and we finish this prayer out, we see now he directs his attention to our needs. I think it's wise for us that when we are praying that first and foremost, we need to start our prayers out just going ahead and praising and worshiping a mighty God. And so we're praising. Matter of fact, prayer is an act of worship. Okay? And so we're worshiping. We're just praising. We're just bragging on him. We're just telling him how thankful for we are. We're, we're, we're recognizing the fact that he is a holy God. He's a just God. And he's a gracious God. He's a loving God. And he's a merciful God. I don't know about you, but we could probably spend quite a bit of time just reaping praises upon him. Because he's worthy of all of our praise. And so as we're praying... Uh, and we're bringing glory to him. Notice in verse number 3, we start to see that he makes his request. And he tells us in verse number 3, he says, And give us day by day our daily bread. So we see here that uh, he recognizes that, uh, that God will sustain us. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God can sustain you? Do you believe tonight that God will meet every one of your needs? Do you believe tonight that God will take care of His children? See, when we realize that, no wonder we can spend hours, if we really wanted to, just reaping praise upon Him because we come to understand without Him, we would not be able to live. The breath that you take, he provided it. The steps that you took, he provided it. The food that you eat, 
He provided it. Uh, the, 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 the spiritual, uh, the peace and the uh, joy and the contentment that you have because you know that you belong uh, to him. He provided it. God is our provider. And so we see, first of all, substance. Notice uh, he uses the word bread. In the Bible, over 200 times we see a reference to bread. Jesus, many times over, will refer to himself. He says, if you're hungry, taste of this bread. See, he is the bread of life. Bread, no matter where you go in this world, bread is a staple for most diets. Bread is the one thing that we have. No matter where you go, they'll have some type of or form of bread. Some of the best bread that I have enjoyed is when I've gone to Israel. I, I love their bread. Just the smell of the bread. Many of you are, are, are bread eaters. I mean, uh, my dad, I remember my dad, my dad would not sit down out of the meal unless he had bread. And if he didn't have bread, he'd get a little upset with mama. Now, when he got upset with mama, that always made for an entertaining evening at the dinner table. But anyway, but, but we see that uh, we realize that he sustains us. Martin Luther said it this way in referring to this passage and, and the usage of the give us the, uh, our bread. Uh, Martin Luther says that that is making reference to that God will give us everything we need to be able to survive. If God doesn't provide, we cannot survive. So we see here, uh, what is the purpose? Why are we asking for this? Why are we asking uh, for th these needs? And that's what this is referring to here. It's meeting our physical needs. The reason why we're asking for that. It's because the first half, remember the first half of the prayer, our focus is upon His kingdom and His will. See, I'm asking God to meet my physical needs. I'm asking God to sustain me so that I can further advance the cause of His kingdom. That's the reason why I'm asking God to help me provide for me my needs because I want to be provided for my needs so that I can go and further serve Him and be more effective in my service to Him because this thing is not about what Mike wants. This thing is about what Jesus Christ has done for me and I'm giving Him all praise and glory and He deserves my praise and glory and I'm telling Him, Lord, would you meet my needs today? Not so I could be selfish about it, not because it's a good thing for me, but I want you to provide for me so that I can go and do what you've called me to do. And that's to further enhance your kingdom, and that's also for me to recognize the fact it's not my will, but it's your will that must be done. And so we see that... Uh, now, in Proverbs chapter 30, look at verse number 8. Proverbs 30, verse number 8. It says, and I'm paraphrasing here, it says, Neither give me poverty or give me riches. He goes on and talks about and uh, pertaining to food. And he says, and give me my portion. Now, what's he saying here in Proverbs? Proverbs is saying, I, I don't, I don't want to be, be poor and, and I don't want to be rich. 
I just want what you want me to have. Now, see, that's where sometimes we mess up in our praying. Sometimes we're saying, I want it all. I, 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 want, I want this and I want that. Here, the, the, Jesus is trying to teach us, and we see in Proverbs, it's also reminding us. He's saying his request is, Lord, don't make me, don't give me poverty, uh, because if, I, if I'm poor, then I'm going to be spending more of my time looking uh, and trying to meet the needs that I'm neglected in. And, and then if I'm doing that, all my time and energy is on looking about what I can do or it even or may even tempt me to go and steal and beg and borrow and all my time is spent on that and if all my time is spent on that then I'm not going to have time for you. But then he also says, now I don't want to be made rich to where I have everything that I need. I don't have to worry about where my next meal's coming from. I don't have to worry about if I mess a paycheck or not uh, because uh, if you give me everything then I will have a tendency to neglect him. You, this making sense to you? So here in Proverbs it says, Lord, here's what I want from you. What you deem necessary is the portion that I need. Now, here again, we all in every this society in which we live, we, you know, we're all wanting to win the lotto. We're wanting instant money. You know, we're, oh, I mean, it's about, yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me. Oh, what would you do? And I'm going to tell you, I've entertained that thought every once in a while. What would I do if I won the lotto or the Powerball and I got $400 million? Some of you've done the same thing, hadn't you? Matter of fact, some of you thought, well, I have for $400 million, and you've already, already spent all $400 million. Could it be, could it be that the reason why we don't have what we think we ought to have or where we're not able to not worry about that is because the Lord knows that we couldn't handle it? That's what Proverbs is talking about here. God knows exactly what we can handle. No more, no less. That's what Proverbs is talking about. But then we see what, uh, here again, it goes back to what he says here, give. Now, understand the word usage here is that we recognize the fact that God is the one who sustains me. And because of that, in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25 tells me, Jesus speaking, he says, don't be anxious for what you eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to put on. Now, we see that Jesus has made a statement like this before. In John chapter 14, verse number 1, remember he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now here in Matthew, he says, Don't be anxious what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or the clothes that you're going to put on. Because life is much more than that. You keep on reading in Matthew 6, you'll see that what our problem is many times, even in our prayer life, is that we kind of camp out on the temporal things. The things that, 
one day is not going to matter. What we need to be praying for and being focused upon is the eternal things. And so here he, he tells us in Matthew, he says, don't be anxious. In John 14, 1, he says, don't be troubled. Then when Jesus always gives a statement, he always backs it up. And in Matthew 6, 25, he says, don't be anxious what you're going to drink or what you're going to eat or what you're going to put on. In verse number 26, he says, because look at the birds. Look how well they're taken care of. How much more does your heavenly Father care for you? In John 14, 1, Jesus says, don't be troubled. Don't get uptight. Now, understand in John 14, oh, he's going towards the cross. He's going to his death. And he tells him, don't be troubled. Why? Because in my Father's house are many mansions. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And there where I am, there you may be also. Aren't you glad that when the Lord makes a statement, he always backs up why he made the statement? And so we see here that he sustains us. He's going to take care of us. But then we move on. We see the source. He is our source. Not only does he sustain us, but he is the source. In Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7, that's the reason why he says, and, and, and here's three key words. We've looked at it before. That's the reason why Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. Now, Get the context here. If God is our source and we recognize he's our source, what he's saying to us. By the way, when you're praying, you don't just do all the talking. Because sometimes you need to be listening. And so here he says, ask, seek, knock. Not to change my mind. Sometimes we pray like that. I'm going to keep on asking to. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on seeking. Why? Because I want to make sure God's going to get in on my plan. Here in Matthew 7, 7, the reason why he says to ask and to seek and to knock is because he is more than willing to give what we need. He doesn't have to be browbeat by it. He, by the way, he already knows what you need. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, God's up there and doesn't have a clue to what we need. He knows exactly what we need. See, the, the prayer is not to change his mind. Many times over, prayer is to help change our minds. Get in on what God has in store for us. Too many times we've missed God because we didn't understand the dynamics of prayer. We thought praying was go ahead and try to convince God that our way is the best way. And so we keep on and we keep on and we keep on. It's almost like a child. Those of you who've had children and grandchildren, they know how to work us. Ezra, he is so overbearing at times. 
He'll be in the bank. He goes, Papa, 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 toy, toy. He's dropped a toy or somewhere like it. Toy, 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 toy. And says, Whoa, shut up, Ezra. And, and then he keeps on, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Papa, Papa, Papa. And you know what eventually happens? We, that's right. Papa gets what he wants. You've all been there, hadn't you? Sometimes that's how we think we ought to go to God. My dear friend, God knows exactly what you need. And He is the source of all that we can have. Now, understand we're talking physical needs here. That's the reason why in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says that God made everything and everything that God made was good. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31, it says, uh, whatever you eat, whatever you eat, and whatever you drink, do to the glory of God. Now watch this. In Genesis chapter, uh, in Genesis chapter 9, He provided meat for us. In Numbers chapter 11, verse number 5, 2 Samuel chapter 17, He provided all the vegetables. And so here's what we're talking about here. God gave everything that we need to sustain us physically. He's provided it all. That's the reason why we don't have to buy into dietary laws. Our Jewish friends has to be kosher. We see there's others who believe that if you eat certain things, that's going to make you more spiritual. Well, I'm telling you, the Bible is quite clear. We could give you more verses But the Bible says that God made everything. And if God made it, it's good. We also see, don't really get so hung up on what you eat and drink. Whatever you choose to eat and drink, give glory to God. Now, if you want to be a vegetarian, you go ahead and knock yourself out. I have no problems with you. That's your personal convictions. But don't come and tell me because I'm eating a T-bone steak that I'm in the wrong. You go ahead and enjoy your uh, tofu and uh, your lettuce and all that kind of stuff. You go ahead, but whatever you're eating, you better be giving it glory to God because God provided me. So don't come and tell me that you're a little more spiritual because you don't eat certain foods. Foods. That's not how it works. That's not what the scripture is talking about. So you can go ahead. You praise if you can praise God over tofu food. You 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 got more. Oh man, I, I just don't know how you can do that. <laughs> but don't come and browbeat me because I'm eating meat. Everything that God made is good. God has provided everything that we need. And that's the reason why we don't have to skip pork. If you don't like pork, that's a different story. But our Jewish friends won't eat pork. Why? Because they think it's unclean. Well, they haven't read all the scriptures. The scripture says everything's good. So if you're uh, wrestling with that, go ahead and liberate yourself tonight. You go ahead and eat what you want to eat and give praise and glory to God. 
Now, if you have diabetic issues, I'm not saying you can just go out there and say, well, God take care of me, and you go eat, uh, uh, you know, uh, 12 uh, donuts or something. I'm not saying be silly about it. God's also gave us some sense about this thing. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is you don't go and criticize somebody else's diet because if that's what they're wanting to eat, and as long as they're giving glory to God, you just go ahead and eat what you want and you give the glory to God because all things were made, were made good. Okay? So, well, that frees some of you up right there, didn't it? Slim fast. Y'all don't need to be going on that. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm going to get in trouble already. Husbands are saying... Boy, my wife's going to be ticked because she's been putting me on this diet. And now you said, hey, eat what you want to. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, whatever you eat, God's provided for you. You give him praise and glory and honor for it because he knew what you need. Amen. And so we see here, uh, there's uh, the supplication. Look in Psalms 37, 25. Psalms 37, 25. Now watch this. Now understand the vein in which we're praying. The request has been made. Lord, give us. By the way, notice it's plural. Us is plural. So not only are we praying this for ourselves, we're praying it for others. You got that? He, Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Lord, give us our daily bread. So here's the soap. What does Psalms 37, 25? Uh, Psalms 37, 25 says that, oh, that we are, uh, it's, he says that he, he has lived a long life and uh, he's lived life and he's come to recognize this. The psalmist says, I've lived a life, I've seen a lot of things, but this is one thing that I've never seen. I've never seen the righteous go forsaken. Amen. And then he goes on and he says, not only have I not seen the righteous go forsaken, but he talks about his descendants. Now you can interchange his children. I've never seen his children have to go out and beg for bread. Why is that? Because God takes care of his children. Amen. God provides everything that we need. Well, what's the use of praying? We've already talked about that. Prayer is not for us to try to get God's mind changed or to convince God this is what we need. It's to help us to get on board with what God's already provided for us. And all we're asking is, Lord, whatever you see fit, I'm cool with that. But I've come to recognize whatever I get, you've given it to me and all praise and glory goes to you and you alone. But then he goes on and says in Psalms uh, verse number 18, you're still in, uh, in Psalms 37, verse number 18, he says, he knows the day. What does that mean? He knows the day. So if he knows the day, he knows where you're at during that day. I mean, sometimes we, sometimes we pray like this. Lord, it's me. Like, you know, he didn't know it was us. Lord, you, you remember me? And, and you, know, you know, God's up there and saying, 
Now, can you run that name by me one more time? I mean, he doesn't. He knows exactly where. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows what time of day uh, that you need. Now, I'm telling you, this is where prayer is kicking in. His prayer is, I'm praying not because I got to beg God to provide for me. He's already promised that. He's promised me that he's going to provide for me. But what I am doing and helping to realize is that I'm getting the right attitude. I'm getting the mindset that when uh, something occurs in my life that I didn't account for, when trouble comes my way, when it seems like everything's falling into place, if I'm doing the right type of praying, I'm going to recognize the fact that no matter comes into my life, here's what I can say, Lord... You know about this, and I ain't got no worries because you've already promised me that you'll provide for me. When you have come and you're thinking, I don't know how we're going to buy groceries this week. I've been there. So if we're not in the right prayer frame, the right attitude, what do we do? We stress out, man. We get all worked up. We start looking for things around the house to sell. I mean, we're ready to sell the dog. We're ready to sell the kids. I mean, we've already talked about it. I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, and, and, and listen, do you see this? I'll put it down. It's not adding up. I mean, we had some bills that we were not expecting. And, and, and that bill, we had to pay those bills. But you know what? I don't know where our meal is going to come from. But when we're praying and we're doing the right type of praying, when those times come, here's what we're going to do. I know it looks bad, honey. I know things don't look real bright, but I'm telling you, I'm just trusting God. God knows what we need. God will provide for us, and God's going to take care of us. And I'm just claiming the promise where he says that the righteous will not go for unforsaken, and his children will not go begging bread. Isn't that what he's saying? I'm telling you what, we get, we're, 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 uh, that's the reason. I'm telling you that we get so stressed, we're stressed like the lost and dying world is. They don't have any hope. They can't claim any of these promises. But yet we act exactly like a lost person. Oh God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. God says, oh, where's your faith? Have I not promised that I'll provide for you? So then he goes on. And he, and we see, he says he knows, he knows the day. And he talks about the blameless. That's us. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are blameless. Now, I didn't say that we've arrived. What I'm saying is if we're under the blood of Jesus Christ, when Jesus looks at us, we're covered by the blood, and if we're covered by the blood, then he sees us as blameless. Not because we're acting like it, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. And so here, he says, they will get their inheritance. They're not going to go hungry. They're going to be taken care of. But I like what James chapter 2, verse number 16 says. Now, watch how this is going to fall. He says, now, if you see your brother hungry, he says, don't go say, hey, be warm, be fed, and you move on. 
The Bible tells us there in James that we are, if we see a brother or a sister that's hungry or has a need, we're supposed to take care of that need. Go back. Give us, give us our daily bread. See, when I'm praying for you and you're praying for me, when that time comes, God is going to help me to realize I got a brother and sister in need. I'm telling you. And so when I know a brother and sister in need and I'm praying and God says, I will not let the righteous go unforsaken, many times over He uses us to be able to perform the task that He's already promised. That's what the fellowship's about. We're supposed to be taking care of one another's needs. When we see our brother, and I'm telling you, if you're in the right frame, your right attitude of prayer, and if you're praying, by the way, we see the schedule. Notice the schedule. The schedule said every day you pray. Every day you're asking. So when I'm in the right attitude of prayer, I'm in a, and I'm praying without ceasing that God will show me, God will tell me when a brother or sister has a need. And I'm going to go and meet that need. And my dear friend, there's many times when you'll be able to meet a brother or sister's need, but there's also going to come, come, time will come when you will have to have a need met for you. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's what the church is about. The early church took care of one another. Well, I mean, it's, well, money's pretty tight. Where's your faith? You got a brother or sister that's got a need over here. You don't think if you go and meet that need that God's not going to honor that and God's going to take care of you when you need to be taken care of? And so here we see that the, so the schedule that we are to be praying day by day. We are to be asking, not because we're trying to browbeat God into making a decision for us, but we're asking so that we would come to understand for me to be able to sustain here, be able to have what I need to meet my needs so that I can go and be even more effective for the kingdom's cause. And not your will, not my will, but that His will would be done.